Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. The Lady Grizz have their home openers canceled. And the NFL is playing on a Wednesday. It is Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the state. Outstanding to be with you on this very fine Wednesday afternoon. Hope you are having a spectacular day. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate that very much. Excellent to be with you. If you want to call, be a part of the show. We would love to have you in here. 361-3688-361-3688. The phone number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can text that phone number as well and uh, participate that way. Reese will, uh, you know, forward us all of your uh, all of your text messages. 361-3688. Again, that number. If you'd like to listen live, you can do so anytime. 
24 hours a day, no matter where you are. Check in what's going on with the station. You can even listen to this show live when it's on, no matter where you are. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. The stream available at the website, 1029ESPN.com. Today in the show, plenty to get to. Uh, we were supposed to be preparing for uh, basketball. To some extent, we still are, as the Montana State men do have a basketball game tonight. The Grizzly men still have a game, as it were, tomorrow. Am I wrong about this, Coulter? You're pausing uh, me. Well, Montana St- State is actually playing currently. Oh, they're playing now. It's, okay. Uh, yeah. It's an afternoon 30, game. 30 to 29 at halftime. Thank you very they much. They trail Pacific in Stockton, California. It's sort of surprising right there. Oh, 30-29, you said? 30-29. Oh, close Montana game. Okay. State uh, trails. Uh, when I first heard it, I heard 39-20. You said it right. I I. Sure. Did you know that Pacific, the Pacific Tigers, won 23 games last year? Pacific's a good team. Uh, They're in the WCC. And the WCC, the narrative that the WCC is Gonzaga and then a bunch of schleps is... uh, Well, anybody that follows college basketball knows that that's incorrect because St. Mary's is a great program. Very, very good. But BYU would have been, I mean, what a top... A yep. five seed probably last year. I mean, BYU was a top 20 team. BYU, very good. San Francisco has had some moments. Yep. Pacific has had their moments. And also, when you just talk about a, you know, quote unquote, basketball only conference, the sure. resources that are there to put into it. So it, it, it is a good conference, but obviously Gonzaga the lead. So we will get into that game. Uh, the Bobcats playing, the Grizzlies playing Southern Utah tomorrow. I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But the big news coming out today the Lady Grizz will not be playing Southern Utah. The Southern Utah women team uh, having a positive uh, test or tests for COVID and uh, will not be making the trip to Missoula for not one but two games. This is the risk when you schedule these back-to-back games like this is... I understand why you save money, you less travel, less uh, you know interaction, overlap, all that kind of stuff. But if you miss one, you miss two. I guess the first one, you know, and that is uh, not good. So we'll get into that. We did speak with uh, uh, head coach Mike Petrino today. We will bring you that conversation here in about forty-five minutes. We also want to get into a bunch of recruiting news, players coming and going from the Montana Grizzly football team. Also some recruiting news uh, on the uh, Dylan Rollins front, so we'll get into that. It is a Wing It Wednesday. We're going to send you over to the Desperado Sports Tavern. Got some trivia for you on uh, NFL football, specifically Wednesday games in the history of the NFL since we are playing football right now. In fact, the Pittsburgh Steelers just scored a touchdown. They are now up 19-7. to how you like that score? Yeah. A uh, Roethlisberger to Juju Imagine that Smith it was an 11 and a half point spread. Who would have ever guessed? Well, who would have guessed? Hashtag never gamble. Uh, no. So uh, the, uh, the, the, a very bad start for RG3, who I think fumbled his first snap of the game, and then on the next drive threw a pick six to get things rolling for Pittsburgh. Since that time, it's kind of evened out. They did score a touchdown, but 19-7 to now. It's, the, I don't know, 12, 13 minutes left in this football game. The uh, last game, finally, of week. 12 in the NFL. Uh, we will get, we will, as I mentioned, hear from Mike Petrino, uh, the head coach of the uh, Lady Grizz basketball team. Top of the hour, our ESPN roundtable. Trey John Cotton, cornerback, transfer from uh, Oregon State University, uh, a kid who uh, played. <coughs> Uh, high school football in California and now uh, then went to Oregon State and and uh, played there, was successful there, ultimately wanted to change. He explains why in the course of this interview. I thought it was very intriguing and interesting. And I'll tell you what, between he 
and his teammate from Oregon State, Omar Hicksonu, who are now Montana Grizzlies, the cornerback situation for Montana and the critical role that that position plays in the defense the Grizzlies run uh, looks to be um, certainly stable and and perhaps playing at a very high level. Obviously, we got to wait and see, and we, you know we'll see how long we have to wait. But uh, exciting, and I'll tell you what, what a great great young man to talk to Trajan Cotton and really enjoy the conversation I think you will too so we'll bring that to the top of the hour and then 5 30 bottom of the next hour Todd Simon the head coach of Southern Utah's men's team they host the Grizzlies tomorrow and then again on Saturday and so uh, Todd Simon been in Southern Utah now for a few years and I'll tell you what doing a heck of a job recruiting and people we, we've talked about this a little bit but people sleep a little bit on Southern Utah when it comes to sports in general but that is a school, an athletic department, that has had some very high watermarks. You talk about winning Big Sky Conferences in football. Two, two, tabs two in championships. Years, yep. And you talk about in men's basketball, uh, they went out and beat Northern Arizona in the tournament last year. Uh, is it last year? No, no. Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. So, in Northern Colorado. What did I say? Northern Arizona. My mistake. So, I mean, I'll take you through it quickly. I mean, Southern Utah has won more games at the Big Sky Tournament since the tournament went to a neutral site other than Montana and Eastern Washington. That's it. Yeah. Those are the only schools on par. Southern Utah, year one, became the only bottom seed to win a game, period, when they knocked out Montana State. Then they knocked out the two seed in consecutive years, beating a great Idaho team and a phenomenal Northern Colorado team, which yeah. was led by the MVP of the league in Jordan Davis, and they smacked them, 83-63. You know, they and have- then they won the game last year, too. So uh, they have had much postseason success. That's been the most interesting part about this year, though, is they're not loaded up on transfers. It's not going to be an experiment to get to uh, the tournament. They're trying to go and get a seed in the tournament now. This isn't a, we'll figure it out when we get there. We know we have talent. We'll figure out how to get to the Final Four when we get there. They're trying to get in the Final Four with the bye and just be right there along with all the other top teams. They have been historically the equivalent, uh, you know, the analog, obviously, of of what the really high-end one-and-done schools do with Kentucky, mm-hmm. with with now Duke and others, who just get all the talent they can get, never played be- together before, and usually are not very good early on in the season. Yeah. I mean, we would just watch Kentucky lose to Richmond, right? Th- that happens regularly at those schools. Don't talk to me now. Talk to me in March. And you know what? Southern Utah has is probably the 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 school who has had their teams get, if I may say, the most better. Over the course of a season, uh, than just about anybody in the Big Sky, and there and 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 Coach Simon's uh, uh, resume speaks for itself in the Big Sky Conference tournament. But to your point, they want to make noise in the regular season this year, and I'll tell you what, it's no easy opener for the Montana Grizzlies. No question, they'll play a I mean, very talented Southern Utah. This is a game ripe with revenge. I mean, mm. the fact of the matter is, Southern Utah came to Missoula and ruined Senior Night last yes, year. They right. posted an eighty-five, eighty overtime victory in Missoula, and that was. I mean, it was among the most disheartening senior nights I've ever seen because Saeed Pridget is definitely one of the great players to ever play at the University of Montana. I mean, he was a fourth all-time leading scorer, and he wanted to go out and – I mean, his whole goal, his stated goal, he said it on this show. Hey, man, I'm I'm trying to go out here and lead my team to a sweep my last weekend at home, get us the the top seed or at least one of the top two seeds, and I'm trying to win that MVP. And then none of that happened because they got swept. And – uh, 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 capped by that loss to Southern Utah. So it's a definitely a really intriguing game. Off the top here, as we mentioned, just again, the Lagers games tomorrow and Saturday, which were going to be played in Missoula against Southern Utah, are off. This has to do with Southern Utah's team, not the Montana Lady Grizz team. Yep. Southern Utah had some positive 
COVID test. One, one positive test, but it's a tier one, so that means it's someone that's involved within the direct game, so that means everybody on the team has to quarantine. So they are they are not coming to Missoula. Very disappointing for the Lady Grizz, who open, uh, I think, a six-point loss, seven-point loss at Utah State. Yeah, they had a lead going into halftime. Looked very, very good. Uh, they still are on to play Monday against North Dakota. Uh, so that will be their home opener as it stands right now uh, against the Fighting Hawks of North Dakota. And again, Mike Petrino coming up at 445. But Colter, you wanted to open today talking about some news from the Montana Grizzly football team. You know, we've been paying a lot of attention to football. Baseball has made it onto the radar now with the paddleheads. But uh, there's some some stuff now going on with the Grizzly football team that we should just recap and pay attention to. Some uh, some guys coming, going, scholarships, all that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. I mean, wanted to go through uh, some new commits for both Montana and Montana State, a slew of them from in-state for Montana. But before that, when you were gone, I don't know, we, we never really exchanged communication on this. Milton Mamula, incredibly talented defensive yeah. end for the Grizzly football team. He entered the transfer portal while right. you were gone. Yep. D- just your reaction to that. Uh, it's... It's not good for Montana. Uh, he's great. He he has the potential to be a great player. Absolutely, and you know he. This is a kid who was originally, I mean, recruited by Michigan. I mean, he's right? a Big Ten recruit, he, he, exactly. Yeah. And then had had actually multiple, but in high school, one particular very very severe injury, but looked great. I don't know the circumstances of his transfer. Everything that you know goes into you know what what that's about or why, um, but just. The reality is it's not good news for Montana. I mean, this is a kid whose upside was very, very high and one of a group of young stallions, man, on that defensive front seven that, you know, the expectations or uh, I don't know if the expectations is too strong a word, but certainly the opportunity, the potential of that group, which is still incredibly high, you know, it could have been, you know, lights out you know you could have been a part of something that was going to be you know historic it feels like in terms of what's building in that in that group right there so for him not to be there is you know a hit to a a particular area of the team that has been trending way way up I mean what's a better young group than that defensive front that the Montana Grizzlies feel like they're they're building and so his departure is is significant and it's not a good one for the Grizz. Well, one guy that will anchor that defensive line for this upcoming year and years to come is Jacob McGorry, and that brings us into our uh, list of guys that have committed over about the last six weeks. We briefly touched on this kind of in passing, but mm-hmm. Ben McGorry, who's Jacob McGorry's little brother at Cheney High School, he's coming in Cheney, Washington. He's coming to play for the Grizz. He committed uh, in mid-October. He's a linebacker athlete. He's not nearly as big as his brother. Brother was about 6'5", 250 coming out of high school. Ben McGoring, 6'2", 220. He's a linebacker slash athlete. I think that's exactly what he looks like to me. Is uh, It's like outside linebacker type. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good get because, you know, brothers always seem to pair well together just in terms of the comfortability of making them feel at home. And uh, the other thing is, you know, he's still somebody out of Eastern Washington's backyard. And it's not just that they are from Cheney. Their dad played at Eastern. So mm-hmm. this is a trend where Bobby Houck is going after – other schools' battlegrounds and well, and in a lot of ways winning. I mean, I don't want to get too you know ugly with the metaphor, but if you're in the uh, you know African tundra, which wildebeests are the lions going after? You know, and we don't know. Let's put it like this: the state of affairs right now at Eastern Washington's athletic department and their football program is not good. Okay, sure. and it's not to sit here and point fingers and say sure. that's anybody's fault, but you're talking about the financial state and the, the it, it's 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 just it's terrible. It's really really bad. And it's bad a lot of places, but it's it's particularly bad there. Well, yep. you know, 
maybe this is a good time for other schools to go, hey, do you really is this really what you want to do? Is this really where you see yourself? And you know what? That's that's recruiting, man. That's what it is. Well, and you know, I was talking to Craig Bettler, friend of the show, central mm. track coach. Craig's from Walla Walla, Washington. Right. And we were talking. Is there another? Well, true. The uh, Craig and I were talking. There's been this massive narrative about the return of Bobby Houck means that Montana is going to be so much more competitive and, in fact, dominant in terms of recruiting Montana kids. We've seen a, a revitalization of recruiting Montana kids, to be sure, mm-hmm. with Coach Houck back at the helm. But to me, the most undertold story of the recruiting dip for the University of Montana came not in Montana because Robin Flugard, Mick Delaney, and even Bob Stitt still recruited Montana kids. I mean, Bob Stitt brought in guys like Jesse Sims and, and um, you know, a variety of other Montana born and bred players that were real good to great players for Montana. So, that, I mean, even if Montana State was quote unquote winning a couple of the in state recruiting battles, Montana was still recruiting Montana. The place that they stopped recruiting was Eastern Washington. Mm. And you look at all the great players Bobby Houck's first time around, like Craig Mettler, like Tyler Hobbs. I mean, those. Those athletic defensive tackles who play basketball—I mean, that is just that. If 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 you get the the long, lanky, lean guys that could turn into beast offensive linemen, or you get the not quite fast enough receivers that could turn into tight ends in Montana, you get those guys like Craig Mettler and Tyler Hobbs in Eastern Washington, and that was a place where Montana really fell off recruiting. Two Tell New Orleans, one hundred ESPN Radio. Colton, we talk all the time about kids from Montana playing football in the state of Montana at the mm-hmm. Big Sky level, and what you can get. You can get some, first of all, at the top end, truly talented players who are Division One caliber football players all day long. And you get to keep them because they're in Montana and they want to play for the Grizzlies and they want to play for the Cats. Then you get a second tier of guy who just his desire is such that he is willing to work to do this thing, to fulfill this dream. And those might be the most valuable of all. And we talk about that all the time. One thing that I think that we lose perspective on, though, in the state of Montana is guys from places like like Washington, even if they're from Walla Walla, mm-hmm. they're going in regional and state tournaments sure. year in and year out against no the question. top talent across the board in the state. And what that talent is, is FBS Power 5 level talent that is being played there. And the reality is that doesn't happen that often. I mean, Dylan Rollins is the best recruit prospect out of the state of Montana in five, ten years. And, you know, he's got a couple power five offers. You talk about BYU, you talk about Oregon State. That's one kid every handful of years that's that's doing that at that level. Jesse Sims would have maybe been the last one who was, you know, originally again at Oregon State. Point being, there's bunch of guys actually for teams worth of guys every season out of the state of Washington and to be going up against that to be used to that to be have that be on the radar and the level that you're competing against you know is something that you can't recreate in some of the rural states and that is one reason why both getting the guys who are first of all at that caliber but also know what it is to play at that level against guys that are at that level I think is something that it has a very very distinct value to it. Well, no question. And the other thing is that you could drive two states to the west and you're still closer than driving one-fifth of the state to the east in no, a lot of cases. No you know doubt. what I mean? Yeah. Like, Spokane is clo- is as close to Missoula as Bozeman. Absolutely. And so if you're going to Billings, I mean, 
You could drive almost to Seattle by the time you well, get to Billings I, I from mean, Missoula. You know, I don't know how often it happens, but if you if you got a great football prospect in Sydney, they're closer to North Dakota State for sure. Uh, I mean, Billings is not closer, but it's closer than you think for sure. <laughs> I mean, you're getting there for sure. You know, so uh, anyway, it's a big state. So since the uh, state championship games got over the couple weekends ago, which would have been Cacker's weekend, uh, slew of commitments. Yeah. For, for the Montana Grizzlies. First of all, Zach Evans, who's one of the two uh, All-State caliber sons of Helena High head coach, um, Scott Evans, he committed in mid-November. That was kind of the first. But then the, Montana had a nice little run, six players. And, and I always get asked this. One of the most fascinating parts about covering in-state recruiting is the way that the scholarships are split up. Who's getting a partial? Who's getting a full? Who's getting a half? Who's getting a preferred walk-on? Whatever. There's no confirmation for any of these guys what they're actually getting in terms of aid. And Montana, actually, the the coaching staff uses that as a little bit of a strategy in terms of not letting that information get out into the public because they don't want you know Montana State to offer you know a little bit more or a little bit less or whatever it might be. But but this year specifically, there really is no way to know. Montana doesn't know how much money it has. They don't yeah. know who's coming back and who's not coming back. But here's the run of players that they got. We talked, when you were gone, Riley Corkin and I talked about Cameron Sermon, the quarterback from Missoula Sentinel. Um, obvious family ties. His uncle David played on the 1995 National Championship for the Grizzlies. His father, John, played at Idaho. His other uncle, Pete Sermon, is one of the great defensive coordinators in all college football. He's at Cal right now, but he had great success in Tennessee, Wisconsin, all over the country. So that's a, that's a good get a, a good fit for the program. The other guys that have committed to Montana in recent weeks: Sloan McPherson, a six foot four, two hundred thirty pounder out of Savage High School, six man product. Corby Mann, who's a six five, two hundred thirty pounder out of Red Lodge. Dylan Smith, six three, two thirty out of Whitehall. And then the Lang twins out of Bozeman, Brady and Patrick Lang, both about six one, one hundred eighty five, hundred ninety pounds. So besides the Lang twins, the trend there is basically you got. The quarterback of the state champion, which I think Bobby Hack will always try to recruit, who also obviously has family ties to Montana. But then you got three guys who, you know, just looking at the tail of the tape, that's what Coach Alk loves. Yeah. 6'4", 6'5", 230, 240, small school, high ceiling, get you here. You're not going to play for several years. We'll see what we can become. And a lot of times those are the guys that they become, like Dan Bowden, you know, from Knoxon, Montana, who's then sure. all of a sudden is uh, – you know, borderline NFL caliber tight end. So uh, there's the run of in-state guys for the Grizz. Let me ask you a question when it comes to scholarships because this is something that, that um, I think a lot of people want clarity on. Yep. We understand there's X number of scholarships that you have, uh, you know, 63 at the 63, uh, yep. 63 at the FCS level, okay? We also understand that you can split those up. So maybe you, very simply, you could have 62 guys on a full scholarship and then two guys on a half scholarship, thereby 64 total players, but it's still just 63 scholarships. What I think people would like to understand a little bit more, maybe you can help us, the finances associated with it in-state, out-of-state. We understand in-state tuition is is drastically uh, less than it is for out-of-state. So if a kid is coming with an in-state scholarship, Mm -hmm. that scholarship is still one scholarship compared to a $30,000 a year, say, out-of-state scholarship. Those are still equal because it's a scholarship. Yes. But the difference is is that whether it's the GSA, for instance, for the University of Montana, has to have the money to pay 
for that out-of-state scholarship because it's they are writing a check now. Their money is exchanging hands from the athletic department to the institution that is the University of Montana for each scholarship for all the athletes that are on scholarship, you know, in the athletic department. So, but here's the thing. We've heard, you know, hey, you got to give a guy out of state a scholarship. And you're like, well, that costs the university more money. But the reason is it would cost the kid more money. So he's not going to go potentially when he's got that where you can find ulterior motives, whether it's academic and stuff like that, help for kids that are in state that may not even be truly on an athletic scholarship, but still are effectively on a scholarship, something like that. But it, 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 am I getting this sketch roughly accurate here? Yes, you are. And the thing, that, the other things to understand are the the equivalency. So equivalency is you're allowed 63 scholarships. Those scholarships are allowed to be shared between 85 guys. So you can't have yeah. 126 guys on scholarship. On half scholarships. You can't do that. Right, right. Equivalency is 85. So 85 players can be receiving scholarship money. Okay. And then you can have 100. It depends on what the campus numbers are like. The roster limit is determined by several different things, from campus numbers to Title IX influences and other things like that. But it's usually between 104 and 110 on your active roster. You can usually bring 94 or 95 to camp. And then that can expand by 10 and as many 15 once school starts. So so that's where when you hear the term preferred walk-on, that means you were invited to the roster and invited to camp. But then there's start of school walk-ons as well. Hmm. And those guys are not necessarily quote-unquote preferred walk-ons. They might move their way up to being a preferred walk-on the next year Mm -hmm. if they get invited to camp. Uh, So that's another thing to understand. In-state kids... Those kids can apply for different sorts of academic aid and grants than out-of-state kids. There's a lot of scholarships at both the state universities that are applicable only to in-state kids. There's a lot of agriculture, agricultural scholarships, other sorts of grants that they can get. Um, you can also pair, at this level, academics and athletics together. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I think has been interesting, Jeff Choate's staff has done a pretty good job of this, and this was actually a little bit more prevalent, prevalent when Michael Petrie was the recruiting coordinator at Montana State, Michael Petrie now at Oregon State. But Petrie's roots were in the Trinity League, which is the most prestigious private school league in the uh, greater Los Angeles area. So schools like Matter Day, St. John Bosco Prep, Servite, the schools that, that are nationally known, mm-hmm. football factories. Well, a lot of the kids at those high schools are on scholarship in high school because they're very. those are very expensive private schools to go to. Yeah. There's also a lot of kids at those schools, though, that aren't that are from very affluent, wealthy families. Mm. Well, when Petrie was there, Choate and his staff, they recruited a lot of kids out of that level. We had Lavelle Price Jr. on the show, for example. Lavelle Price Jr. was an out-of-state walk-on from St. John Bosco Prep. He Mm. quickly earned himself a scholarship because he's going to be a starter for the Cats. But that's not that um, uncommon. I I Mm. mean, Kevin Cassis, for example, Kevin Cassis was a... uh, a guy that was just kind of floating. He had some FCS offers. He had a little bit of FBS interest, but Matt Miller was on him as when Matt Miller was the wide receivers coach at Boise State. Well, Cassis hadn't pulled the trigger yet, and so when Miller got to Montana State, he said, hey, Choke, we got to take a chance on this kid. They had no money left, so they brought Kevin Cassis in as a walk-on. Well, he was a walk-on for one semester, and then he was on a full ride, and then he became a captain, and he's one of the greatest receivers in program history in terms yeah. of his numbers. So that kind of stuff happens as well. Um, but as far as how this is going to all play out, I don't really know because they're just going to have to wait to see what scholarship money they but have available. I guess the thing, too, right, because the, the scholarship money is important because you could have 63 out-of-state scholarships yeah. for a football team and have it be X number of millions of dollars a semester. Yes. And then you could have 63 in-state scholarships yes. and it could be, you know, 
500,000. A, a little bit. Oh, like, it probably you more, know, more realistic about, but three quarters of a million. Okay. But, yeah, but yes. And so the key is who who needs it, who's good enough to warrant it, yep. and actually what money do you have to pay it because you do have to pay the bill. Sure. And so that all goes into, you know, this stuff, and it's it's a it's a very difficult balancing act. And and as he said to us, you know, Jeff Cho, this is his first Division One college head coaching gig. You know, mm-hmm. as much as he's been around coaching high school, mm-hmm. college, etc. He said it took several years before he was really able to get the numbers right. And you go, sure. well, that doesn't make sense. You give out your scholarship, it's done. Well, it ain't done. It's it's very difficult to get your your whole scholarships, your partial scholarships, and then your total number of players on the roster with turnover, guys coming, guys going, everything like that to to build to where you want it to be to sort of maximize everything that you possibly can. Bobby Houck, he, he, he's ridden this pony before. Sure. So, you know, he, he knows what he wants to do and he's executing and it. And sometimes you got to save some money for the guy. Sometimes one of the recruits that's going to get a scholarship is a guy who's played for you for several years. Yeah. Like Braxton Hill. Walk on from Anaconda. The gray shirted at Montana. Well, he got a scholarship this offseason. Full ride. But he earned it. But that's one of the full rides for this class, basically. Yeah. Even though Braxton Hill's going to be a sophomore, that's that counts for this class. Yeah. Quickly, Montana State, a couple new commits yep. for them as well. The, the same trends continue for the Cats as well. Basically, the trend here for Montana is they're recruiting local, and I guess a little bit outside the local realm, but still another Sentinel kid that adds to the mix for the Grizz. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to recruit off the transfer portal. Okay. The Cats, they're recruiting... Montana, when they're recruiting the places they have pipelines, which are Idaho, California, even though they don't have any California commits right now, Texas, which is a new pipeline for them, and I think that could be one that pays uh, dividends for sure because we've already seen that. That's already a tried and true formula. Rob Ash yeah. was was all about the Texas pipeline. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's basically the three places where they got. And then a little bit of, out of Arizona because their new recruiting coordinator, Jimmy Beal, was at NAU. But you got Noah Smith, who's a 6'4", 190-pound Athlete, he plays quarterback at Joshua, Texas. But I mean, this is putting a lot on the kid because he's, who I'm going to compare him to is a borderline pro athlete. But he looks like Travis Johnson to me. That's mm-hmm. what he looks like. He's really smooth and athletic, fast. Zach Black, a recent commitment. He's a defensive end out of Meridian, Idaho. They've mined that Meridian big time. That makes sense because Cho was at Boise State. They have sure. multiple players from Meridian. Simeon Woodward, who's a cornerback out of San Antonio, Texas. That's interesting because most of the pipeline that's come from Texas to Montana State has been Dallas, a little bit Houston, hardly ever San Antonio. Yeah. So that's an interesting place to start making some inroads. And then the most recent uh, out-of-state commit is Tyson Potinger out of Coeur d'Alene. And, of course, Jeff Choate spends a lot of time in Coeur d'Alene, so that makes sense, too. I'm sure that... Choder's probably done a little bit of quarantining at his place at, uh, at on Coraline Lake. No and then the last one that we haven't mentioned on this show much, but a good get here for for the uh, the Cats is Luke Fedick. He's an athlete out of Bozeman, uh, an All-State defensive end for that Hawks team. I thought that uh, the Hawks team had a couple Division One caliber prospects. Obviously, Kenneth Iden is a, a blue chipper in this state, but I thought Luke Fedick was the second-best player that Bozeman High had. So uh, sort of interesting that right after the seasons got over, you kind of had this windfall. Yeah. I think kids either wanted to commit before the season or play their season out and then commit as well. So we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Dylan Rollins later on in the show as well because he has narrowed his list to five, and yeah. he's told the Missoulian that he's going to make a decision before the early signing period opens. Well, don't look down. The early signing period opens in two weeks. Yeah. So uh, – uh, 
it's coming down the pipe for the uh, three-star recruit out of Missoula Sentinel. Stutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We'll take a break from the football. Well, sort of. We'll have a little fun doing some trivia. Coulter and I going to uh, ask some questions back and forth, and you are going to be the better for it. Wings to the Desperado coming your way right after this. Hey, we live in this great state so we can enjoy it. And if you are a business owner, you know how hard you work, sometimes at the expense of your own free time. Well, that is where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their businesses, which helps keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. How about that? Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up previous month's books. Visit blackbookkeepingllc.com and schedule a free consultation today. Again, online, blackbookkeepingllc.com. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Thought I could fit it in there, but no. Stu Telling Nuan is 1029 ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television across the state. Great to be with you. Thanks for being here with us. We appreciate that. At Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. Uh, Coulter, it is time to uh, do what we do each and every Wednesday around here, and that is give away wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula. If you haven't had, what are you doing? You almost certainly have had, so you know. And regardless of which camp you fall into, call us right now, 361-3688. You will get wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. You don't have to do anything whatsoever other than just call us. We got the wings for you. Well, a gift card. We can't do them. They do them at the Desperado. And we will send you the gift card. You'll go down there, and you will be enraptured into seventh heaven in your wing sauce and so on at the Despo. So enjoy those uh, on us. And they bring us each and every Wednesday a little bit of trivia uh, like we'd like to do around here. Now, Colter, I got I got some trivia questions for you today. They are surrounding Wednesday football in the NFL. Wednesday football. We are playing football as we speak right now, wrapping up week 12. In fact, okay. uh, just so you know, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, which is going to be the game of the weekend, first of all on Thanksgiving, then move to it, Monday, then move to Tuesday. Is it the best rivalry in the NFL? Well, it's the most ferocious. Right now, level of competitiveness and 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 talent of these teams, yes. Uh, you know, there's there's long-standing rivalries in the NFC East. I always think the NFC East has the best rivalries division-wide in football, but they're just, yeah, just so go, awful. I, yeah, I just go, just I just go blind right when I watch the game because I have no, I get so confused. Yeah, like, who sure. do I who do I root against if it's like the Cowboys versus the Eagles? That's the bottom of the NFL barrel for me. This game is ridiculous. Uh, RG three fumbled on a on a like a you know an 
an RPO type of situation uh, early in the game. Then on the next drive, threw a pick six. Then did move the team down. They scored a touchdown. The Baltimore Ravens did. And after a missed extra point on the pick six, the Ravens were actually up seven to six in this football game. Pittsburgh then scored the next couple of touchdowns over what has been a long, somewhat slop, not sloppy, but just slow kind of moving game. Baltimore, totally ineffectual offensively. RG3 benched for Penn State product Trace McSorley. And Trace McSorley comes in. He gets blasted on an end around, takes a seat in the ninth row of the stands. Nonetheless, got himself involved, got what he likes to get, which is, you know, a hit going and dirty. Then just threw a 50-yard touchdown on like a five-yard out to Hollywood Brown. And as we stand right now, two minutes to go, it's a one-score game. It's 19-14 Pittsburgh uh, in Heinz Field. And uh, what about midway, the, 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 the Steelers have the ball and are about midfield right now. So they just picked up a first down. So they control their destiny. It's second, it's first and 10, excuse me, at their own 46-yard line. But Baltimore has used its final timeout. So one uh, first down. And the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be very close to running this thing out as we get to the two-minute warning. So there you go. There's the update of the game. Okay. Update from the Montana State men's basketball game okay. in Stockton, California. Yeah. The Cats. Uh, bucket by Amin Adamu to cut it to three within Pacific answer. So 59-54 Pacific. Oof. About three minutes and 20 seconds remaining. Okay. I, it is so wild watching these games with nobody in the stands, man. Yeah. Especially when the, the camera angle from that school is the one that's behind the benches. So you're showing the other side of the stadium, yeah. and it's just—I mean, I thought Travis DeCure's quote after the USC game with our buddy Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, on the Grizz Radio Network. He said, "The weirdest part about the whole thing is the entire pregame." He said, "We're sitting there, national anthem. There's nobody in the stands. There's a hype video for the starting lineups. For who?" He said, "It's like <laughs> he said he's, his quote was, it's like giving a speech to an empty arena. Yeah. Who am I talking to? Why am I doing this? What's going on?" Yeah. Uh, well, we'll keep, obviously, an eye on that game. Uh, Montana State trying to get to 2-0 uh, against two very good teams. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you and I know what they mean, are, but, but like Pacific's when you're winning. Team. When you're, okay. I mean, here's, the, here's, the, here's the stat you need to know right. just to put Montana State's win against UNLV into perspective. It's all relative, right? Mm-hmm. But so far in the Big Sky Conference, we've had openers across the board. The only school in the Big Sky Conference that has a win against, there's four teams that earned wins, but only one that earned it against a Division One opponent. That's Montana State. Very good. So they have the only Division One win in the league so far. That's worth noting. Uh, let's do some trivia for Wing it Wednesday. It. All right, here we go. Boy, some chicken wings would really hit the spot. Tell me likey. Tell me want wingy. There we go. Reese, did we already get a winner for the wings? Phone's ringing off the hook. Okay, he's back there. Okay, we may give another set away here in a little bit. We'll see what we get to. Uh, all right, Coulter, here we go. Question number one. We're playing Wednesday football in the NFL right now. How many games have been played in the NFL on a Wednesday since the Super Bowl era began some 54 years ago, uh, including today? How many are, are we up to? Man, I have, I have no clue. I really have no clue. I would have, honestly, the fact that you're phrasing it by saying how many means this has happened before, Yeah, I would have said this is the first one. I also would have. You'd be very close if you said this was the first Okay, one. so there's two. There was one other. When was it? What, what happened? My next question, Coulter. What year was the other Wednesday game played? And I'll tell you this. Uh, it's, well, it's, it, 
it, it makes sense, okay? It's not uh, – it, it makes sense, all right? But give me a year. What year do you think that they played the last one? 2001. Because of September 11th. I don't know. I, but I don't know how that would – 2012. Okay. This is, it, Hurricane it, Katrina? Nope. It Hurricane w- Katrina was like a little earlier than that. It was uh, the Democratic National Convention, which bumped the game. Uh, I It was in – well, I'll just, I'll just tell you. I'm not going to drag this out any longer, okay? Thank you. Uh, it was the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants in MetLife Stadium. And you know what it was? A season opener. It was the first game of the year, you know, the highlight of the Thursday, you know, on the Thursday game. But because the following night in the election year was going to be the the DNC, I guess from New York, I, I presume that it was New York, or maybe even in, in MetLife Stadium. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was like a facilities issue. Mm-hmm. They played it on the Wednesday to open it up, which, again, sort of makes sense because you're not... It seems so odd in the middle of a season to have this Wednesday game where this is supposed to be like, you know, your second day of the week's install or something like that. Sure. But if it's the very first game of the entire season, right. you can move it up one and it's not that big a deal. So that's what it was. 2012, the only other Wednesday game that's ever been played to open a, a, a year. Interesting. Well, this game was such an early kickoff because of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting, right? Mm-hmm. I believe that that was what was scheduled to be on NBC tonight. Tonight. And it's one of the only events on NBC that would get more viewers than a NFL so football game. So they said we're playing this in the middle so of the day. at 3 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, by the way, 57 seconds left in the game. Fourth and inches. The clock has stopped. I did not see what the play was or why. But uh, now the Pittsburgh Steelers look like they might try and line up and go for this thing and just uh, seal the deal. It's coming down to it. Uh, We'll take a quick break, though. Uh, Let's do this. Let's give away one more basket of wings, shall we? I mean, I'm feeling feeling good about it today. 361-3688. You want to go to the Desperado Sports Tavern? Best wings in the city of Missoula, according to you, the voting public, for I don't know the last all the years. Mm -hmm. Get yourself some wings from the Desperado and get them on us. 361-3688. Call right now. We'll get your wings over there. I I got a quick one for you. Oh, okay. Montana opens its men's basketball season. Uh, Big Sky play, that is. They they opened last weekend, but their Big Big Sky Sky season. tomorrow, yep. How many conference openers in a row has the Montana Grizzlies won? Whew. That's a great question. Is there a reason substantially that I would remember the loss, the last loss that they had? I don't think there is. It, it, yeah, I'll tell you this. It was, it was a long time ago. Um, man, I don't know. We're talking about, you know, this man running. Take a look. Go. I mean, 16? We've won 11 in a row. Is it 11? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I went high. That's, all, that's amazing. I mean, that really is amazing. It, I remember one once upon a time we were interviewing Travis DeCure and – it was that day that you asked him the great question about Weber State's program, and he said, hey, there's a lot of schools that have basketball teams. There's only a couple programs. Weber State's a program. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking about recruiting in the big sky, and he said, hey, there's only a few schools that can recruit based on tradition. He said Montana, uh, Weber State, 
and Northern Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that was that's interesting that he said that. But then he harkened back to thinking about what Northern Arizona was like in the 90s and early 2000s. I started thinking of that 2008 season because Northern Arizona beat Montana. That was the last team to do it. The Grizz have opened up against Northern Arizona, I think, uh, 10 of the last 11 years and have beat NAU every single one of those years. It's amazing. But I was looking at then those mid-2000s NAU teams. I mean, it's easy to forget. NAU won the league three years in a row yeah. in the mid-2000s. In 2006, when the Grizz went on to the NCAA tournament and beat Nevada, that actually came with the first upset was Montana beating NAU on their home floor to go to the tournament. The Grizz right. did not win the league that right. year. <laughs> it's funny that the third-place team in the Big Sky got the highest seed the Big Sky has gotten in the last 20 years, even though they had to go on the road for the conference tournament and win at NAU, and then they still got a 12 seed. Sutel Nuanos, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, the Steelers, uh, they reviewed the spot, picked up the first down. This game is effectively over. 42 seconds, a couple kneel downs. The Steelers will remain undefeated with a 19-14 win. 63-57, Pacific leads Montana State. One minute, five seconds left in Stockton, California. So Bobcats running out of time. couple buckets, got to have them from deep. Mike Petrino, head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz, next. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn, also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. Lady Grizz games canceled. The home opening series against Southern Utah. Positive test on the Southern Utah women's team. And uh, consequently, they are not traveling to Missoula, which is very disappointing. But nonetheless, still talk to the head coach, right? Can we do that? We go now to the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. And we welcome in the head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz basketball team. Finally, their season rolling, uh, but off to, uh, well, it's like me. Driving a, a clutch, you know, kind of starting, stopping, sputtering around and everything else. Uh, the Lady Grizz go to Utah State, have a very uh, a good showing in their first game. Now these two games that were supposed to be the home openers of the conference season against Southern Utah have been canceled. And then we got North Dakota coming up. But Coach Petrino joining us now. And Coach, we appreciate you being here with us. We'll get into the future later, but let's go into the past now, and let's talk about that first game against Utah State. I thought, you know, a, a really good showing, and some some girls who we didn't know what they were going to bring to the table looked great for your team uh, down there against a Mountain West opponent, right? Yeah, it was, well, first of all, the first victory was just getting down there and playing a game, right, once we uh, 
you know, all the things that we have to go through nowadays with the, um, you know, education we have to do off the court, what we're trying to do and try to create a small bubble for ourselves, a manageable bubble. And to get down there, get to that game was a, I think a victory for a lot of teams every time you get to play. So, uh, learned a lot, had a lot of questions going into our game about who we are. And, uh, I was proud of the effort. I thought the effort was really good. I thought offensively, you know, we had balanced, um, we had scoring from, you know, several people. Um, I thought offensively, you know, every time you score 74 points, you should have a chance to win the game. We did have a chance. We just didn't uh, get enough defensive stops. So lots of uh, positive plays and lots of learning plays for sure to build off of. But it, uh, but proud of the kids. They're dealing with it to go through in this situation and, you know, some early foul trouble and injury here or there. But uh, no excuses. Uh, Daryl stepped in there and did a gave great effort. Well, this was supposed to be uh, an interview previewing tomorrow's matchup against Southern Utah, but that game gets canceled this morning uh, along with, I guess last night gets canceled, but officially announced this morning and also Saturday's game as well against the Thunderbirds. But I'll ask you the same question I was going to ask you, Coach. No matter what the circumstances was, what sort of things did you learn about your team both positively and things that you wanted to work on coming into what would have been your Big Sky Conference opener if it was to take place tomorrow night? Yeah, I think we learned that – we, we learned that we had, we worked hard at getting some good shots. We learned that turnover is definitely harpened. I mean, our field goal percentage was, was good. Uh, the turnovers, you know, killed us. Now we play a little faster pace, um, some by us and some by them, but we learned that we can have inside out touches and get good opportunities offensively. Defensively, we learned that we just have to be a lot tougher, uh, stop and guard the ball, guard penetration, guard on ball screens. Uh, try this defense. So those are honestly things that we knew going in, um, but just to simulate against someone else who, you know, had some speed and stuff like that. That was what we learned and, and just learned that the, you know, rebounding edge and how to make, where the positive plays come from. So there was definitely a great moment. I thought this schedule space itself nice where we got to play a game, one game, and we got to spend multiple days watching clips of that game um, to prepare for our conference opener. So, there was a lot of positives we learned from, and I think we got a lot of questions to answer. Like the nerves of playing their first game, the plan was to play everybody uh, going in. We didn't really have a plan for sure what we we're going to do, but when foul trouble happened, and I felt confident that those kids could go in there and do some good things, and uh, there were a lot of positive performances individually. Without having a game tomorrow or Saturday, what is your plan with your team? Are you just going to practice? Are you going to scrimmage? Is there some stuff that you can do you to know. sort of replace that? Or how does it work? Well, yeah, I mean, 24 hours ago, we were, we came back from a Utah State, excuse me, and we, you know, first call practice were all about us, how we learn from these situations, do that. And then we started prepping for Southern Utah. And we were in the middle of our, today would have been our last day, or today would have been our last uh, pregame practice uh, going into that. And we spent a lot of time on that. Coach Jordan uh, was her scout, put together a really good report on who they were. Um, and the plan was to play tomorrow and then Friday be a unique practice where you work on your positive things and adjustments and then Saturday play again. Uh, with the news last night, um, we had to call the kids last night late and tell them that there wasn't going to be a game and that was hard. Um, they are disappointed, of course. Uh, then this morning it was just redoing the schedule. So we practiced today. I thought we had a really good, for, for considering what we went through in the last 12 hours, I thought we had a really spirited practice. I was really proud of the kids and the effort they gave. Um, We'll take our day off tomorrow, and then we'll practice Friday, Saturday, Sunday because we get to play Monday again. So it's not a terrible adjustment, really. 
Um, it's just a disappointment of losing two games, uh, games that we probably won't get back. So that's a really disappointing part. But I thought they turned the page fairly quickly, and we know our situation we're in. And, um, you know, it was, uh, again, I, I was really proud of the effort they brought today in practice. We just got done. Mike Petrino joining us, head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz. Coach, on that note, the Big Sky has decided that any game that does get uh, canceled, it's not a postponement, it's a cancellation. There will be no makeups. So uh, just being you guys, Southern Utah, Sac State, Idaho, those are the four teams that were scheduled to open this weekend. How does that impact you know, long view preparing for the conference race since you're all of a sudden now down two games? Yeah, yeah, it's a real unique situation. Um, it's a very unique situation in the sense that, you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of dialogue discussion. We went through so many schedule changes um, starting last spring to this summer to this fall uh, over and over and over. And, you know, the idea was we'll, we'll schedule 20 games knowing that if the situation happens, it's just going to happen. I personally get it once Christmas is over because the weekends are all packed, right? There's no really opportunity to do it. Um, it would have been nice to have a little more flexibility this month to if teams could work it out. Um, but you know, the rules for the season, not just one weekend. So, uh, it's a unique situation for sure. And it, it makes it hard. It makes it hard down the road. If we have a lot of these on either the men's side or the women's side, it's going to make seeding really interesting. And I know right. we've already had those discussions, but I know the theory is going in that you're going to have to meet a certain number of games to fall into the seeding. And again, I don't want to go down too many rabbit holes because that'll just make it more worrisome. But, um, yeah, it is tough, especially when you lose two home games. I mean, it's one thing if, uh, you know, I think anytime you lose two, you lose two home games, it's a, it's a disadvantage. Um, but we're dealing with the situation the best we can, and uh, we knew going in that this, this needs to happen, and you're out. So we'll uh, continue to plan, prepare, and pivot. Keep moving forward. Last thing for you here, Coach. The good news is the game on Monday that was scheduled is still on as of now against North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Obviously a non-conference opponent, but one that was recently in the Big Sky and a, a like opponent. What are you looking forward to in that matchup other than hopefully just playing a game, which would obviously be the first thing? Yeah, we definitely just want to continue to pass our COVID tests and uh, um, survive in advance, I say now, is in, in preseason. Um, every time you pass a COVID test, it's, it's that mindset. And then, yeah, we get to play Monday. So that's the good news is that we have a quick turnaround. We, you know, we, we would have, uh, we're going to play them. Um, they played one game so far. Um, they have more experience back than we do. Um, they played a really good Marquette team and played them pretty competitively. Marquette was picked third in the, in the big East and North Dakota was missing, um, a couple returning players and still they're, they're, they're the score played against Marquette. But they, uh, they played Marquette tough, I thought, and uh, lost. But then, um, you know, it was a single-digit game. Final score, they only lost by eight. So that'll be a good challenge for us. That'll be a good challenge for us. And uh, we're just going to keep continuing to prepare. We'll start working on them specifically on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you need to play on Monday. So it's a good team. It's a former Big Sky Commerce team. And this will be the start of a home-and-home series. So we'll play them this year here and next year at their place. Well, Mike, congratulations. Early returns look great uh, on uh, on game one. Again, stepping up into a Mountain West opponent and uh, and, and having a great game there. And we'll look forward to uh, hopefully a game on Monday as well. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for your coverage, guys. I appreciate the fact that even though our game got canceled, you guys continue to give uh, this group of girls um, attention. And um, that's really special. Again, the media here is awesome without that. So appreciate your support. And uh, 
we'll continue to get ready and get to play Monday. You got it. Mike Petrino, head coach of the Montana Lady Grizz. Uh, looking forward to the next game that we can look forward to now, which is Monday. Uh, update from Pacific. I'm going to see if I can recount this correctly. Montana State down three yep. with about nine seconds to go. Xavier Bishop puts up a three, does a pump fake, puts up a three, gets fouled, goes to the line for three free throws to tie it, only hits one, the last the one. last one. Montana State fouls the inbounder, or you know, on the inbounds pass. The Tigers go down, only hit one of two, so it's a three-point game again. Xavier Bishop comes back up the floor, another pump fake, another foul on another three-pointer, goes to the line, bang, bang, bang. Hits all three. We got a tie game, 64-piece between Pacific and Montana State with a half-second remaining. And on the inbounds pass with nine-tenths of a second, Amina Damu tips the inbounds pass, which goes off a Pacific player and out of bounds. So there we are with a half-second to go. We'll take a break. Hour one in the books. We'll tell you how this thing ends or if we're headed to overtime next. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 